News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. And welcome, welcome, welcome. It is uh, 7.08 on a Tuesday evening. I hope you're uh, along for the ride for the duration of the show. If you are, feel free to call in. The show revolves around your questions and your queries. The uh, number is 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK. This is a live show, of course. We'll answer all of your calls about COVID-19, temporary layoffs, going back to work, uh, resignation, severance, anything under the employment law umbrella is covered here each week on the show. So it's all up to you. It's free. And get some quick advice. Get down the right path right away with Alex. Ready to answer your questions. 613-521-TALK is the number. The email address anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, we'll continue from there. Terminated after a temporary layoff. What are your rights? We'll cover that in depth here in a few minutes. But first, pal, the uh, the week that was, what's going on in your corner? Hey, John. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Great to be back live on the air talking employment law, workplace rights, severance, layoffs, everything mm-hmm. under the employment law uh, context. Uh, as you said, John, if it has to do with your workplace, we cover it here on this very show. Uh, and as you said, John, this is a live call-in show. We're here to take your calls, answer any and all questions you might have about your work, about employment law. So please feel free to call in. Don't be bashful. There are no bad questions when it comes to employment law. We want to hear from you. We want to help out in any way we can. So please give us a call. Now, uh, as you mentioned, John, let's get us uh, warmed up for tonight's uh, show. And for all our new listeners out there, we always start the show with a little segment we call The Week That Was. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to talk about uh, a couple of situations that uh, that I dealt with personally over the past week. So First matter, John, you know, I I always talk about the fact that whenever there's a severance deadline in a severance package, people shouldn't get too worked up about it or worry too much about it. They shouldn't feel forced to sign off on a severance offer solely because of a deadline that that an employer gives. Well, here's an interesting story that has to do with that. I I spoke with a lady the other day, um, and actually what happened to her was was quite interesting. She was let go on on a Monday, I believe, or, or at least at the beginning of the week, and sure enough, uh, as per usual, she was provided a severance offer, and the company wanted her to sign and get the paperwork back to them by Friday of the same week. So they basically right. gave her kind of four or five days to get uh, the, the paperwork back to them. Well, unfortunately, this lady, literally the day after she was let go, uh, to make a you know a bad situation worse, got pretty pretty sick. Uh, she was hospitalized for I think a couple of days or three or four days or so, and it was quite serious. And and she ultimately came out of the hospital the following week. Uh, but when she came out of the hospital, she actually realized, oh, my God, I missed the deadline. Uh, right. I missed the deadline for accepting the company's offer, and she was very upset about it, and she didn't know what to do. Should I contact the company? Should she sign it? Should she not sign it? Well, luckily, she was referred to us by a family member of hers, and so I, sp- I spoke with her uh, earlier this week, and she was still pretty confused, pretty upset. Despite hearing our show and, and being a listener, uh, you know, she was asking if it was too late to accept the package mm-hmm. and, and what to do there, and my response was, okay, well, hold on a sec. Let's set the deadline aside for the moment. Um, and, and, you know, let's kind of get the basic information down. So I, I learned, John, that this lady was employed with the same company for 15 years. So pretty long service employee. Yep. Uh, she was in an administrative position. I think she was doing some bookkeeping or, or whatnot, some sort of accounting, basic accounting. She was in her early 50s. And the company had offered her in that original termination uh, letter, they had offered her four months of pay. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was so worried about in terms of accepting the deadline. She was worried about whether she was still owed that four months of pay or not. And I, you know what I told her, and you probably know where I'm going with this oh, yeah. uh, 
uh, John, which is, well, listen, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about your medical condition, but actually the best thing you could have done is not sign off on that severance package because she's probably going to be in the range of, you know, probably somewhere between 12 and 14 months as a severance package. It's, you know, obviously way more than what she was uh, offered. She was offered four months. So that's, I mean, literally three plus times what she was originally offered. And so now she's going to be retaining me. We're going to be working on getting her the severance package that that she's uh, owed. But, you know, talk about serendipity in the sense that, you know, if if she wouldn't have gotten ill after she was like, oh, she probably would have signed off on that uh, package and she wouldn't have been able to pursue at that point in time any additional severance entitlements. So, you know, again, it's a a lesson to all of our listeners out there, which is don't let those deadlines fool you. Don't let them... Uh, pressure you into doing something you shouldn't be doing. And certainly, you should not be accepting a severance offer without getting legal advice. You can give us a call. You can send us an email. We are always happy to chat, always happy to review severance packages. If for whatever reason you don't like us, that's fine. Speak to another employment lawyer. But you got to get employment uh, law advice in the event that you're terminated. you got to get a severance package uh, reviewed. If you sign off, it's too late. You can literally be leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table, and if you sign off on the package and submit it, it there's no chance we're going to be able to to undo yeah. that signature and get your severance. So, you know, uh, I guess all's well that ends well in a case like this, uh, John. But I can tell you, it was a close one. And that number, by the way, any time to reach Alex and the rest of the uh, the team one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. What else? Uh, what else you got going on? Yeah, second matter, John, involved uh, a, a gentleman uh, that was the victim of, of some pretty nasty behavior in, in the workplace and what ultimately, you know, I deemed kind of bullying and, and harassment. And, and listen, oftentimes we think about bullying and harassment in the workplace as, you know, something that that's either just a, a kind of women that are victim of that or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, situations that are not uh, kind of, uh, let's say, you know, that kind of big burly men don't kind of really deal with that kind of stuff in in the workplace. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, that's kind of nonsense. You know, bullying and harassment doesn't discriminate in the workplace. Uh, You know, this is a situation where anyone uh, of any stripe could be uh, harassed in the workplace and bullied in the workplace. So, you know, and and the real reason why that is, is there's an inequality of bargaining power or of power period between an individual and an employer. So whether, you know, the boss is a woman or a male or small or big or whatever the case may be, the employer always kind of holds that power, whether they're a tough guy or girl or not, and they can abuse that power as as a boss or as someone who's in a position of position of management well this gentleman very nice guy was completely mistreated by his uh, his boss his boss was really rude to him used a lot of foul language and 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 you know really poor offensive language put him down a lot of nasty emails and text messages i was surprised that someone quite frankly could be silly enough to put some pretty nasty stuff in text messages and in emails because obviously it's down on the record, so to speak, so not a great idea. Well, listen, he he called me. He wanted to know, what do I do here? I just want to walk away. I just want to leave. And actually what I told him is, well, you don't have to accept behavior like that in the workplace. You potentially can walk away, can leave, but leave with a severance package. And it's what we call a constructive dismissal. You can consider yourself dismissed. You can consider yourself terminated in a case where your boss is harassed you or is bullying you it obviously has to rise to that level john i mean you know you can have a bad boss potentially it doesn't necessarily mean that it's harassment but in actual cases of harassment 
you can actually resign from your employment and obtain a severance package. And that's gotcha. what we're going to be doing with this individual. I'm going to extract him from the workplace, uh, but still get him the severance he would have otherwise be owed uh, as if he was actually terminated, as if, as if he was actually let go. So again, another lesson for our listeners out there, don't just be the victim of harassment in the workplace. Don't just kind of yeah. take it or quit and walk away. Again, you want to get legal advice. You need to get legal advice in a situation like that. You want to know what your rights are and what your options are. And certainly what an employee's right is, is to be free from harassment in the workplace. And there are another a number of options available when an employee is dealing with it. Let's take a short break, and we'll get right back to it. That'll give you some time to pick up the phone. If any of this sounds familiar so far, don't hesitate to call. Don't be bashful or any other questions on your mind. Bring them on. That's why the show is here. 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome back. It is 720 and we are ready to go. If you are Employment Law Show, Alex is here to answer your questions. This is a live call-in show for you to uh, get some information, clear things up in your own head and give you a little... uh, a little, uh, you know, patience and a little more time to, to explore your uh, your rights when it comes to employment law, whether you're looking at uh, a severance offer, whether you think you're going to be let go, your spidey sense is telling you something's coming down the pike. Don't make a move until you make the phone call. 613-521-TALK. That is the way to call through and ask your questions here on air. You want to email? That is also a, a definite possibility. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to use that. I should mention as well, anytime we're not on the air and you want the knowledge of an employment lawyer, in your pocket, you can have that. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is the website, and wrapped up inside that website is the now very familiar severance pay calculator, so make sure you check that out as well. Want to get into uh, some phone calls here and our topic for the uh, the evening anyway, for, uh, for some of it between that and some emails, and that is terminated after a temporary layoff. What are your rights? So we'll get into this one right away as we uh, line up our first call and get that happening. Uh, Alex, can an employee choose to have a uh, a trial run in a demoted position? But if they're dissatisfied, they can ask for that original job later on. Possible? Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit of a risky one, uh, John. Uh, to be honest, because you know the the starting point here is that for all those employees who have been temporarily laid off and being called mm-hmm. back to work at this point, and this is obviously a a timely topic and and why I wanted to discuss it. Yeah. You know, th- those employees should be returning back to work, John, uh, to their same exact position, to their same terms of employment, same pay, same hours, same everything that they left before they were laid off. So that's the starting point. There really shouldn't be any changes to the terms of employment. Now, listen, having said that, because of different industries or different requirements on the parts of some businesses and, and some companies, it could be the case that your company, your your employer, might require some flexibility there or, so, or, or yep. some kind of a degree of, of change when it comes to maybe even a temporary solution or a temporary protocol when it comes to kind of running the workplace. So, you know, really you can potentially as an employee uh, – take kind of what we call a trial run or take some sort of modified position returning to work. But again, I would do it very, very carefully, John. And what I mean by that is you want to make it crystal clear in writing to your employer. It has to be in writing that you are only accepting this change on a temporary basis for a very fixed period of time, two weeks, 
three weeks, maybe even I would say max a month, and that you're not accepting this as a permanent change to your to your employment. Meaning, once that period is up, you want to go back to the job that you left exactly. You have to put that in writing to your employer. If you can do that, and if your employer agrees, I'd say you know what, if you're interested, go for it because you've protected yourself by putting it in writing. Without that confirmation in writing, it's risky because once you accept a change like that, your employer might be able to hold you to it, again, unless it's crystal clear that, uh, uh, that you've kind of agreed to it only on a temporary basis. Again, 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call in here to the radio station. Talk to Alex. Get some answers in that regard. Moving over to, uh, to Lorna. Lorna, thank you so much for hanging on for a minute there. How are you tonight? I'm well. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, so my daughter um, accepted a position at a golf course this summer. It's one of those golf courses that belongs to a network of golf courses. Right. And what has happened with the pandemic and whatnot? There, the I guess the urge or the need isn't for there for as many staff. So a number of people that were hired, I guess, were promised jobs from last year, but people who were hired for this year did not receive jobs. So, no, she's lost, like, a lot of income now because of this. So we're wondering, should she be going back to the manager there and saying, you know, you, you agreed to hire me. I, it didn't happen. It didn't transpire. I have no job. I gave up another opportunity. Should she not expect some sort of compensation? Yeah, interesting situation, uh, Lorna. So you're saying that your daughter was formally kind of hired for the job, but when yeah. it time to came, when it came time to start that job, she was told kind of not to come in and to basically forget it because they had to call other people back to work that had previously worked with the company. Well, that... well, the whole thing too is like everybody's been watching what the Ontario government has been doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's only it's only three weeks now that the golf courses are back at all, right? They like they got to go ahead two weeks before everybody else, but. The whole thing is, you know, there are a few of them that were hired as parkers, and like they make really decent money. They make three or four hundred dollars a shift. Wow! So like this is she goes to university, and this is how she counts on paying for university. Sure. So she's yeah. she's had to take a position now, like as, a, as an au pair for significantly less money for the summer, and like it's just I don't know. Like she's just got this one job now where she has two days a week where she was guaranteed like full time work, and it just is you know the cheese smells bad in Denmark. It is right. Yeah, no, I, I certainly get it. Did she work at, at all? I mean, what's her? So, so she wasn't. Uh, was she laid off temporarily? Did they say they'd call her back at some point in the summer? What's her status right now? She's, well, she's just her status was that they were the going to call. Them. Her status was that they were going to call them back. Now mm-hmm. she re- she got copied on an email to other cart girls from last year, who were there. There was a welcome back email, but she wasn't intended on the email. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to do the noble thing by giving the old employees their jobs back, right? Like well, golf yeah, courses so, do that. They lay you off at the end of the season. They they have to of do course. the noble thing, right? You know, absolutely, um, absolutely. So and, well, listen, and we can me- appreciate that, but. Yeah, let me explain the the legal concept here, and 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 uh, I mean, it sounds like factually we might need to kind of get into the story a little more, and maybe we can do that off air. And actually, it's probably worth having a conversation with your daughter. But you know, the the legal issue here is that if your daughter kind of relied on the company's job offer and relied basically on the promise that she would be employed with the company for the summer, or you know, for, for you know, starting three weeks ago and for the rest of the summer, shall shall we say? And then the company didn't come through. 
on on that promise, that's yeah. what we call negligent misrepresentation. Meaning, again, the company kind of made a promise and then didn't follow through, and and your daughter kind of relied on that promise to say, okay, this is the money I'm going to make for the summer, and then suffered a loss as a result. So there is kind of a legal avenue here. It's not necessarily a kind of a straightforward termination. We're not talking necessarily about severance, Lorna, but there is potentially damages that flow from again your daughter kind of having relied on on this promise yeah. of a job. Now again, it sounds like we mean need to get into the weeds a little bit about how exactly it went down what your kind of what the current status of your daughter's employment is is she still technically an employee there but on a layoff so what i would suggest you do lorna is you know either yourself with your daughter or or your your daughter on her own of course if she's mm-hmm. an adult uh tell her to give us a call uh, off air give us a call at the office we can schedule a time to discuss we can kind of go through it with a fine tooth comb and uh, I mean there's potentially something there to pursue if she's now earning less than what she would have otherwise earned over the course of the summer yeah. again there are damages there there's a loss oh, there it's significant. It's significant. Yeah. It's well it sounds like it sounds like she was making right? pretty good money yeah yeah okay well thank you I will tell her it will probably be me because you know our kids they only adults when they need to <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Lorna. I hear you. Hilarious. Thanks, Lorna. Appreciate it. Thanks for your uh, your time and nicely done calling. And that's exactly why we tell people to call, get some information. She was completely in the dark, and now the clouds have lifted, and a phone call would be uh, would be the right way to go. Uh, Lorna, here is that number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach Alex at uh, after the show is over and on into the rest of the week one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred uh, you and your daughter's welcome email help at employmentlawyer.ca we'll take a short break here as we get into more of our uh, topic for the evening and that is uh, terminated after a temporary layoff what are your rights we'll cover that and right back to your phone calls as well just like Lorna did six one three five two one talk employment law show news talk five eighty CFRA Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. And right back at it, 734. Thanks for uh, for hanging around. Just to uh, make that phone call. You have a question, bring it on. That's why we're here live show on Tuesday nights. It is a 613-521-TALK. Good having you here. 613-521-TALK. Back to our topic for the evening as well, Alex. Terminated after a temporary layoff. What are your rights? So how long can a temporary layoff go on for in Ontario? A lot of confusion here. 13 weeks, 35 weeks, not at all. What do you say? Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of confusion, John, because it, it, it's a bit of a trick question in the sense yep. that you know the starting point here is that for the vast majority, I would say, of people, actually a temporary layoff is, is pretty much illegal. It's not allowed. An employer doesn't inherently have the right to temporarily lay off uh, an employee. So, you know, you, you ask how long it could go for. That's kind of presuming that it's true. It's presuming that you can temporarily lay someone off. And again, that may very well. It's likely not the case. A temporary layoff is a significant change to the terms of your employment. If you've never been laid off in your employment before and it's not part of your employment agreement, if it's not part of a written employment contract, well, then the company sending you home and not paying you is pretty much what we call a breach of contract. It's it's right. illegal, uh, and you would be owed your severance entitlements as a result. You would be able to treat that layoff as a termination, 
claim your severance package and move on uh, from that company. And that's actually what we've done with lots of the people that we've spoken to over the past several months with COVID and everything. That law hasn't changed, uh, John. Employees are still allowed to treat their temporary layoffs as terminations, get their severance packages and walk away. Now, if you don't want to do that, right? Maybe you don't want to leave your company. Maybe you do want to accept the layoff uh, and, and wait to be called back to work. Listen, that's okay too in some circumstances, by all means. And in a case like that where you've accepted it or where maybe it's a term of your employment contract, now you ask the question, okay, in that case, how long could it be for? And at least in Ontario, with respect to COVID-19, the new legislation says that the layoff can last uh, up to six weeks beyond the end of the state of emergency in Ontario, in Ontario right. which is actually scheduled to end tomorrow. It's supposed to be July right. 29th that that state of emergency is ended. Now, I haven't heard any news about whether that it's being extended or not, so I, I take it it may very well come to an end. What that means is really by, I think it's September 8th or so, it's basically six weeks from July 29th, uh, companies have to call employees back to work by that date by no later than six weeks beyond July uh, 29th. That's as long as these layoffs could go when it comes to COVID-19. Kind of unrelated to COVID-19, temporary layoffs could last either 13 weeks or 35 weeks, depending on whether the company continues its benefits coverage. But I imagine most people, John, are asking the question in relation to their current situation, in relation to kind of COVID-19-related temporary layoffs. And again, we're going to be seeing, I think, two things, John. Number one, a lot of people getting getting called back to work by the beginning of September. Uh, so that's expected to happen. And number two, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to be called back to work, John. A lot of people are instead going to be let go permanently from their jobs. And that's where severance kicks in and severance becomes so important because those employees are going to need every single penny of their severance package in order to hold them over until they can find another job. 613-521-TALK. You still have plenty of time to call in, ask your question. In the uh, the meantime, talking about terminated after a temporary layoff, what are your rights? Do I have to return to work if I get called back? Yeah, uh, another question we're getting very often nowadays, uh, uh, John, because people are worried about going back. They're worried about health and safety issues. Sure. Again, as I mentioned previously, they're worried about you know maybe their employment changing or having to sign a new employment contract. And so, you know, the starting point is that, listen, if you're, if you've been on a temporary layoff and you've basically accepted the temporary layoff and you're called back to work, you know what? You've got to go back. Uh, unless there is a, uh, I would say there are two issues. Unless there is, number one, a huge health and safety concern. So unless you know for a fact that your employer, you know, isn't physical distancing, isn't cleaning, isn't, uh, you know, taking all of the necessary precautions in order to make sure that the workplace is safe, you can potentially refuse to work in a situation like that and potentially even refuse a callback. Um, in a case like that, I'd want to contact the Ministry of Labor and express your concerns in that respect, express your health and safety concerns. So that's potentially one way of refusing a call back to work. But again, you want to be pretty darn clear that the workplace is indeed un- unsafe. The other way is, you know, if you have some maybe some underlying medical condition or, or if you're receiving advice from your doctor, for example, or from a nurse that, you know, you're not fit to return to work, that it's too risky for you, perhaps, 
then you can refuse to work in that case as well, again, for medical reasons. So you'd basically be continuing your layoff, but it's pretty much a medical leave of absence because, again, your doctor has deemed that it's too uh, risky or unsafe for you to go back to work. But other than that, John, other than those kind of two exceptions, let's say health and safety and for medical reasons, I'd say, no, generally speaking, an employee has to go back to work when they're called back. I guess the risk is if that you don't, you know, if you don't accept that callback, if you don't show up to work, you can be considered to have resigned from your employment. And a resignation is not a great situation to be in for an employee. You're not going to qualify for employment insurance. You're not going to mm-hmm. qualify for the CERB. And you're not going to get any severance in the case of a resignation. So unless you've got a darn good reason uh, not to return back to work, again, I think you should be returning if you've been called back. But again, that that uh, that reason of the medical nature that has got to be backed up by your uh, healthcare professional, by your doctor. You can't simply go yeah. and say, "Yeah, I'm sick. I've got this and this and this. I'm not coming back." Sorry, you've got to have the right uh, backing on that one, right? Well, listen, maybe for you know, for if you're called back to work with kind of very short notice and you're not able to right. make a doctor's appointment, John, I, I would have that conversation with my employer and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I, I I don't have this from my doctor yet, but I've made an appointment and I don't feel coming, you know, comfortable coming back to work because of." of my medical issues, your employer should respect that, uh, John, right. because listen, it's not easy to get into the doctor's office. You need sometimes a week, more, you know, more than that to get an appointment. So, um, you know, I wouldn't just rely on my word. At the end of the day, you're right. It does have to come from your doctor. You need that note. You need that letter from your doctor saying that, you know, confirming that this employee is not able to work for medical reasons. Uh, but, you know, don't just ignore your employer until you get your doctor's appointment. Have a conversation with them first. Explain your situation. Explain your concerns. Uh, and then go see your doctor and get that medical note. Actually, something that just crossed my mind right now in terms of maybe yep. refusing a call back to work, John, if I'll, I'll maybe kind of add a third exception sure. uh, here, which is family or child care responsibilities. That's right. actually a, you know one that, that comes up relatively often, which is if, if, you know, for whatever reason, you're still having to care for your children because, and maybe it's less relevant in the summer, uh, but if you're having, you know, child care obligations and, you know, you, there are really no other options, there's no one else to care for them, you can't put them in daycares, you've done everything you could, but you have no choice but, but to stay, stay home and care for your kids, you can also delay a call back to work for that reason, or you can potentially request a kind of work from home or more flexible situation for that reason. Your employer cannot punish you because you have childcare or family responsibilities. That is an accommodation under the human rights legislation in Ontario, right. uh, and an employee does have that protection. If you have childcare responsibilities, your employer absolutely has to respect that and be accommodating to that. 613-521-TALK. Still got lots of time to call in, ask your questions here during the remainder of the show up till about uh, just before 8 o'clock here on uh, News Talk 580 CFRA. We're talking about all things uh, dealing with terminating after a temporary layoff. And what are your rights if you do decide to return to work? Does the employer have any leeway to make changes, uh, change your hours, rates of pay, location, stuff like that? Or is that still, no, you can't do that. Yeah, you got it, John. It's still yeah. it's still a hard no, uh, and we touched on this is earlier. But you know, let me let me reiterate: absolutely not. You should be going back to work on the same exact terms uh, that uh, that you left. As I was mentioning previously on that on that previous question, John, listen. If there's a you know if if, if they're going to ask you to do something a little different for a couple of weeks, you know, just because of COVID or just to kind of 
you know, help the team out, I'd say that's okay. You want to confirm in writing that you're you're uh, not agreeing to that as a permanent change. But but listen, you know, there there is some kind of degree of flexibility allowed within a company. You know, terms of employment aren't necessarily written in stone forever. But right. you know, besides that one kind of temporary exception, generally speaking, no, you don't want to be accepting any kind of demotions, any kind of changes in pay. If your employer tries to cut your pay or tries to change your position or or, or change your hours in a significant way, that should be a huge, huge warning sign, uh, uh, John. And you know, I'd I'd tell any one of those individuals to give us a call right away. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's kind of brainstorm and develop a game plan uh, for for dealing with the situation. And generally speaking, step number one there is going to be to basically put your employer on notice that no, I'm not expecting these changes or accepting rather these changes. Uh, I'd like to go back to my same terms of my uh, employment uh, with no changes and, and kind of put the ball back in the company's court there and mm-hmm. let them force a decision. Either they're going to have to you know uh, agree to return you back to those same terms, or, you know, they may ultimately decide to let you go or, uh, you know, give you some sort of notice or resolve the situation in some sort of uh, other way. And, and and that's an interesting conversation to have. A lot of times an employee in that situation will have some pretty good leverage for potentially a raise or something that they want in exchange for some flexibility. But, you, you know, the first step is, again, putting the company on notice. Absolutely not. As an employee, I have every right to say I'm not accepting a change to the terms of my employment going back to work. Let's take one final break before we get back into this. Uh, 613-521-TALK is the number. Give you a minute or two to grab a phone if some questions have come to mind. Now's the time when you want to ask them when the uh, the advice is here and quick. 613-521-TALK. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue here with the Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome back, 748, as we continue on here, Employment Law Show 613-521-TALK. you still got a few minutes to uh, grab the phone and ask a question here for Alex. Is something that we've talked about so far has piqued your interest. Do so, 613-521-TALK. You can do that or email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Anytime we're talking about uh, terminated after a temporary layoff, this is common ground lately uh, with uh, COVID-19 and people starting to go back or not. And what are your rights? And that's exactly the next point. We talked about what you do, what you need to do if you're being called back. Uh, what do you do if you're not called back? Phone doesn't ring. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, as I mentioned early on in the show, uh, John, uh, unfortunately, this is happening more and more, and I suspect it's going to happen more and more come September and come the end of that uh, kind of mandatory layoff uh, period. So, you know, it, it's it's pretty simple, uh, actually. If you're not called back to work and, and uh, instead kind of permanently let go after a layoff period, well, mm-hmm. you're owed severance like any other employee, regardless of the layoff. Uh, really, you're still a terminated employee. Those months uh, while on layoff do actually count towards the length of your employment. Nice. So if you were, you know, if you were let go in March and you were a nine-year employee, well, now you're a nine-year and four or five-month employee, uh, and you have that service count towards your total uh, service. But listen, severance is going to be calculated as it usually is calculated, and that's on the basis of an employee's age, position, and years of service. The longer an employee's been with the same company, the 
older they are, the more senior or the more specialized their position, the more severance they're going to get, the greater their severance package is, is going to be. And, and really, severance is there to kind of hold an employee over until they can find new work. That's why we look at age, position, and years of service to give us kind of an estimate or an assessment of how long that particular employee will take to find their next job. And again, unfortunately, in this kind of job market, uh, John, in this kind of economy, people are having a hard time. Uh, it's not easy to find jobs out there. There is a huge amount of people looking for work. There's lots of competition for jobs. And so again, employees are going to need every little bit of of that severance. So if you're one yeah. of those employees who aren't called back to work, you are let go instead. Again, you know, we're talking about basic advice here, John, which is do not sign on the spot. Take that paperwork. Uh, you know, thank your employer for uh, you know your your years of service. Walk out the door with your head held high. Do not slam the door behind you, and give us a call right away. We want to assess the severance package. We want to make sure that what you're being offered is fair and reasonable. And what I could say, John, is, again, because of the economy, more and more I'm seeing employers offer severance packages that are really deficient. Uh, you know, I was talking uh, right at the top of the show with the week that was about a lady that was offered four months instead of 12 or 14, you know, literally less than half, significantly less than half of what she was uh, actually owed. And I'm seeing that a lot. I don't see that. I'm not saying that story because it, it's an exceptional case. Actually, it's kind of the common case. So uh, again, don't sign on the dotted line. Let us assess it. Uh, if there is severance to nego be negotiated, if the company is offering you less than what you're actually owed, this is not a complicated matter. You know, a couple of conversations with the company or their legal counsel, uh, you know, even kind of, a, you know, a letter or two back and forth, and we will get you a better severance package and a far improved severance package as compared to what you were originally uh, offered. And that's typically the way it's uh, the way it's done, John. You know, a lot of people are going to get that severance package, unfortunately, with these uh, these times uh, coming up. You know, people will be let go. They'll be offered that letter. They'll be offered that package. And they're going to they're going to want to go to the Ministry of Labor because it's the Ministry of Labor. Should they be going there for help to calculate severance for a temporary layoff? Yeah, well, our our uh, our longtime listeners will know the answer to yep. this question as the, as they should, and the answer is no, absolutely not. That's the last thing actually uh, that you should be doing if you're let go. Listen, you can go to the Ministry of Labor when it comes to things like. Uh, you know, I don't know, vacation pay or unpaid wages, or maybe you have an issue with, you know, overtime pay or something along those lines. Those kind of technical issues while you're still in, employed with the company, by all means, go to the Ministry of Labor. You know, they'll look into it and, and, and resolve it and they'll, they'll do what needs to be done. But when we're talking about severance, when we're talking about termination pay, absolutely not. You cannot go to the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor can only enforce your minimum severance entitlements mm -hmm. as an employee, which is going to be, you know, a, a week per year of service or maybe yeah. two weeks per year of service. But, but that's not the way severance is calculated. Again, severance is calculated on the basis of age, position, and years of service. And that's not how the Ministry of Labor looks at it. So, you know, give it a try. You know, for our listeners out there, if you contact the Ministry of Labor as, let's say, a four-year employee, they're going to tell you, oh, okay, you're owed four weeks of pay as, as, as severance or as termination. Uh, uh, pay when in fact you might be looking at six months of pay 
as a yeah. four-year employee. Obviously, that's a huge difference. And listen, that's you know potentially negligent on the part of the, the Ministry of Labor to tell somebody that. But again, they can only enforce your minimum entitlements. And that's what that four weeks is. They cannot enforce or go after your full severance entitlements. That's what an employment lawyer is for. That's what we can do for the people that we uh, speak with, which is go after an employee's full severance entitlements based on their age, position, uh, and years of service. So again, not something you want to contact the Ministry of Labor for, but something you definitely want to contact us for. Well, and it gets worse, too. I mean, if you open a file in that regard with the Ministry of Labor, but then you go, you know what, I don't want to do it this way. I'm going to go back and go call Alex. You can't. Once you've done that, you're yeah. in deeper water, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point, uh, John. And you've obviously been around the block uh, yourself, uh, having done the show for, yeah, what is it, eight years right. now? Yeah, uh, something like that, eight years, yeah. You, you've got an honorary degree in employment yeah. law, that, that, that's for sure. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. If you open a claim with the Ministry of Labor, you yeah. cannot then back out of that claim and start legal action through an employment lawyer. So, you know, again, when it comes to severance at least, make sure you don't go down that path Make sure you don't open up or start a claim with the Ministry of Labor. You want to give us a call and have us resolve it uh, because, again, that'll that'll be the way to enforce your full entitlements and also the quickest and the e- easiest way to get an actual fair severance package. I want to get a, uh, an email or two in here with the remaining uh, few minutes of the show. Sammy is up. Sammy says, guys, I've been employed for the last three years through an agency. The agency is the one that pays me. They just told me that there is no more work for me, but did not say anything about severance. Am I entitled to anything? Yeah, great question. There's lots of confusion and uncertainty around these kind of uh, workplace agencies, and and they're becoming more and more popular, quite frankly, John. So we're seeing the situation where, you know, the agency, you you might have worked at a couple of different actual locations, but it's all been through the agency. And are they allowed to kind of, you know, again, lay you off or sit you on the bench while they're looking for other work for you? And the short answer is, is this, unless there's a term in, again, in an employment contract that allows the company to sit you on the bench or lay you off temporarily like that, then the answer is no uh, to Sammy. They wouldn't be allowed uh, to just tell you there's no more work and not pay you any severance. If there's no more work, that's a termination. That's the definition of termination right right there, John. And if there's no more work, well, then you're done. You're owed severance in a case like that. Now, hopefully they can find work for Sammy very, very uh, uh, quickly and there's no over, you know, there's no gap, let's say, in pay. But if there's going to be any kind of gap or any kind of uh, a stop work, then that's a termination. And Sammy's going to be owed, his, again, his full severance entitlements based on how long he's been with the agency. I think he said three years and, uh, you know, what he was doing uh, with them and also his age. So certainly severance would be owing there. I would probably want to have a look at Sammy's employment contract, though, John, because these agencies are, are pretty sophisticated. Sometimes right. they will insert language into that contract that potentially protects the agency in a situation like that. So it'll depend on the contract, but you know, barring that issue, listen, you know, just like the layoff, just like if an employee tells you to, mm-hmm. you know, go home, that's going to be a termination. Call it what you will. If your employer is telling you to not come back to work, you're going to be owed a severance package in a case like that. And that's a good way to uh, wrap that sucker up for tonight. You want to reach out to Alex and the crew. Now that we are uh, done anytime, you can do so. It's called one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There's the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 
Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can try that. And always, uh, even if you just want to research and educate yourself, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can use that wonderful resource. Absolutely free. It is anonymous, and you'll find the severance pay calculator there as well if you just want to go through that uh, particular exercise and look at what you would really be owed if it ever came down the pike where you let go of your job. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Appreciate you tuning in, calling in, emailing in. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Thank you.